0: Hello, welcome to Back to the Point. My name is Miggs, and that's Ian over there. Hey. Uh, how have you do- been doing lately, Ian? Good. Uh,
1: it's been about two weeks since we last recorded, I think, or yeah, maybe more.
0: Just about, yeah.
1: Yeah, we had a, a good Thanksgiving. We both went back up to the Bay Area, got to spend some good time together as co-hosts with, with their wives as well. It was fun found out i'm having a daughter yeah congratulations you
0: showed me some sharks onesies which were nice yes
1: um i did get some sharks apparel for the daughter so yes yes. we will raise her right in ducks territory and king's territory (laughs) daddy why does the ice ring have the ducks on it It's because they're evil (laughs) yeah but anyways yeah we're doing good it's been a fun time with some sharks hockey been some uh, a little bit more interesting games as of late i think
0: yeah i just saw star wars today so that's all <laughs> i'm thinking about
1: <laughs> yeah my wife and i just got back and it's just like oh that was
0: so good <laughs> yeah no i was thinking i was like I, it's gonna be hard for me to talk about hockey today because i think you saw you know you see star wars that day if you're a star wars fan and that's on your mind and I'm thinking about the plot and what happened and I'm not going to share anything to spoil anything for anybody on this podcast. Um, yeah. I think it's for all it's, our family members listening. I'm going to spoil <laughs> anything for you. <laughs> yeah. But, I think um, it's
1: uh, it's a thing. It's good to point out that M- Migs and I are very, very big star Wars fans. Like when I was younger in like elementary school, like I didn't read the only books I read were star Wars books. Like, extra canon books yeah very fun so and my brother and yeah I, for me it would... was
0: the the star wars like video games and the expanded universe stuff kind of on that side of things and yeah just being captivated by it but anyway yeah it was it was fun i liked it um yeah. i probably won't say anything beyond that and we can start talking about hockey now how's yes. that sound
1: it was very good <laughs> and so it was sharks hockey <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah um it's been some fun nhl news wide too it's been a i think there's a good amount of stuff to talk about patina sharks and there's some fun uh nhl expansion stuff to my former hometown
0: for two years hometown wow I is that know. what it is now
1: i was gonna say city of residence but that's like kinda... that's
0: more appropriate than hometown yeah. i would say
1: uh migs is triggered when i reference <laughs> seattle so, I, I
0: absolutely am triggered when you we,
1: <laughs> we definitely had a conversation the other day about, We had a fight uh, the other day.
0: We did, yeah. <laughs> Let's we, say that.
1: Uh, yeah, but we love each other, so it's okay. Yeah, my wife was like, I don't think you fight with anyone except for Migs. And I was like, It's because we love each other so
0: much <laughs> <laughs> She's like, Well then how come you don't fight with me? <laughs> <No>. Uh <laughs> I'm yeah, uh,
1: I I moved to Seattle and makes felt that I had betrayed him when I moved. So
0: <laughs> a Which... deep a deep part of me thought I was betrayed, and that he was abandoning all all he stood for previously. But uh, yeah. that wasn't true. That was not true. It, it was a personal but... issue I had to deal with.
1: <laughs> we both had to deal with. <laughs> I contributed, but yeah, I, I think we can just jump in there. Um, news came out this week that uh, this week or the last week that the NHL. I think we can say NHL has decided to um, explore expansion in Seattle. And when I was there, and I think I've mentioned on this podcast before, that uh, when I was there in twenty thirteen, the summer of 2013, um, when I first got there, there was, um, to set the stage, the Supersonics left in Seattle uh, after drafting Kevin Durant, actually. The Sonics drafted him, um, and the and they had some ownership troubles, and they played in Key Arena, which is in Seattle Center, which is k- kind of like the tourist complex that houses the Space Needle, that you fly over in the opening of Grey's Anatomy, and also that's not a hospital in Grey's Anatomy. That's a TV. <laughs> that's the local ABC or CBS like affiliate station. So,
0: fun fact. <laughs> <It's> funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but they they've been the Sonics uh we're in Kirina and it was built in the 60s for the world's fair uh with that whole complex and the space needle and a lot of stuff over there and it's uh i've been in there multiple times and it's just as an arena it's not very good they have a major that? um it doesn't seat i think it seats less than 15,000 so for a, okay, like a major small. nba team or for an nhl team that's I think the lowest capacity stadium, like normal stadium for an NHL team is the MTS center. If it's still called that in Winnipeg and it's 15,000 something. And it was, that was a concern when they, when they got there, but it's turned out to be fine. Um, and the seats are so cramped. It's like, it's extremely uncomfortable.
0: Weren't you also telling me something about the traffic and getting to the arena is very difficult.
1: Yeah. So, um,
0: and I, I know that they, they're proposing, a, like, a renovation to this arena, but based on what you told me before, it seems like that would still be an issue, right?
1: Yeah, so um, obviously as an NHL fan, like, as soon as I moved and they are talking about uh, having had the Sonics leave and that was just, like, a terrible experience for all of Seattle because they really liked the Sonics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, and they got new owners, and the new owner was going to, like, get them a new stadium, I think. And he promised not to move the team, and then like a year or two later, he moved them to OKC. And they had they were like the Oklahoma City Thunder are like one of the best teams in the NBA. So that's like super heartbreaking. So they haven't had a major tenant there except for the Seattle Storm, which is the WNBA team. And they're actually quite good. But uh it's still a WNBA team and they don't draw that many <clears throat> um people. For instance, like the Seattle Sounders, they play in the Seahawks stadium and they draw an average of like 44,000 people per game. So, right. yeah. So a lot there's of hungry so, fans in Seattle Yeah, still. So um, when the NHL expanded to Vegas, there was actually a couple, there's actually three different arena proposals that were trying to actually be approved in order for them to get the next step of an expansion approval, expansion mm-hmm. application for the NHL. And that was one near the airport, which is about 25 minutes from downtown. Um, And you'd be able to get to it by, like, the light rail or the train or by driving. And there'd be, like, kind of in the middle of nowhere, kind of the outside of downtown arena that some teams have. Um, And then there was also an arena right next to uh, Safeco Field, which is where the Mariners play, which is across the street from uh, CenturyLink Field which used to be the old Kingdome, I think, which is where the Seahawks play. Seahawks, obviously the biggest team in Seattle since they left. And there's also, they're like, the link light rail already goes there. The commuter trains already go there. Buses already go there. It's out of the way. You can walk there from downtown. You can drive there. It's great. Um, And they were trying to build uh, Chris Hansen who is an important person in Seattle, I don't really know, but he's a he's a rich person who was trying to build an arena there, was trying to add a, a third arena there. Right. Um, for next to the, the baseball and football fields. Primarily to be an NBA team. And then they realized that it, the NHL was expanding, so they wanted to bring an NHL-NBA team there. If they got an NBA team. They'd be able to get NHL. If they got NHL, they'd be able to get NBA. Um, but that area is right next to the port of Seattle. And okay. there was a street that the Port Orange and Port... Owned, and there was a lot of battle over the city of where they could like clear this one street that they needed for the plans, and they got all the way down to like having. Anyways, basically, everything shows that being the better arena. We don't need to go too much into it. Um, Key Arena was also another proposal, but that is in the smack dab middle of downtown. Uh, not middle, but it's in it's in the heart of downtown. It's like by where the
0: Space Needle is, and yeah, it's it's hundreds hundreds of feet away. Yeah,
1: hundreds of feet from the Space Needle, and there's no light rail. Uh, buses go through downtown city blocks to get there. You can't really drive the north south streets to get there because they're just completely stopped with traffic. Mm -hmm. Um, there's it's just not a suitable arena unless the only people coming to the games are from downtown because then you can walk and everyone walks in downtown it's like a 10 minute walk it's great um i used to live like a thousand feet away and i was imagining oh my gosh an arena at, you know the seattle center would be amazing i could just walk there
0: um they also is it i have a quick question is mm-hmm. it not unreasonable with this and it seems like this is the way they're going because that's where they propose it to be um, but is it not unreasonable to think that people coming from elsewhere would park like Several blocks away, and there's no parking. Kind of march to it.
1: There's just no parking in downtown. Like oh, okay. downtown San Jose has a lot of parking. Yeah. In downtown Seattle, there's no parking. It's a, you, like we I, lived I noticed, in downtown, and it, it was always an issue.
0: I noticed when I was visiting you, um, the past, you know, few years. There is a lot of construction going on in Seattle, and yeah, so there's a lot of open real estate. Maybe that they could build. I don't know garages. I don't know is that something something that that's all happen?
1: spoken for for uh, high-rise apartment complexes. The tech area in Seattle, which is why I was there, um, has caused like a major population boom that the the city's infrastructure has not caught up with. They've been working on like public infrastructure to meet the city's demand for like twenty years mm-hmm. since the nineties, and they keep on voting it down. Um, and they finally voted one in but it will be completely done by like 2040. So it's like okay. And it's currently, Seattle is currently the fastest growing major metropolitan area in the United States. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. There's a ton of ton of construction obstructions in the roads. Uh, downtown streets are not the way to carry a large amount of people. You know, 20,000 people go to a game. That's not how it works. Yeah. Um, definitely was not I I will say definitely was not a fair process between the Seattle Center and the um and the Soto Arena plans. Um the local news station definitely covered that a lot. I think it was Kiro 7, Kiro 7. um Aaron something, he was a correspondent that covered the Seahawks and he basically was tasked with this whole deal. And basically it seemed like the outgoing mayor, mayor pat murray who was um alleged like terrible sexual harassment of like young teens when the 80s when he was in portland and seattle he was been the mayor and basically instead of leaving office when those allegations came up he just stayed quiet and then just like left the office because he was not he just decided not to go up for re-election in like four months so the outgoing mayor decided the arena deal and he was buddy buddy with Tim Liwecki who is part of OVG which owns a couple Oakview group and they own a couple of their arenas there's a lot of reporting on it locally um, just kind of there was some shady kind of back alley um uh, negotiating or yeah just like people were working pe- you know just like kinda of old boys club, too many people with basically there was bias in the selection process, which is you know, not great, but ultimately it seems like it's gonna land Seattle and NHL team, so there's that. So the, you only, mean the only the only compl-
0: selection process of going with the key arena site.
1: Key yeah. So another complication with key arena site that a lot of people are trying to avoid is that roof, that like kind of like pyramid roof thing. Right, with yeah. the key arena is not a historic landmark but is treated like one and the local municipality has thr- basically threatened if you want to do anything to key arena we will vote to make that historic site and you can't do anything with it so every key arena proposal had to have two plans one where they kept the original roof and one where they did something different which was a concern of like how big you can make your arena right because okay. if the roof is fixed then what are you going to do Right. So my concerns was traffic getting there would be just be insane because parking there is already terrible. And then the size of the arena. Like if you sit down in the seats, you are uncomfortably thigh to thigh with the next person and your knees are up against the seat in front of you in a very uncomfortable manner. Like I'm Mm -hmm. a tall person. I'm six four. And like, yes, I'm going to be uncomfortable. Like I'm always uncomfortable in plain seats no matter what. But these were unreasonable. They're very tiny seats, very uncomfortable. But it seems like that is something that's going to be addressed. Who knows? It seems like most of the arena is going to be underground, which will be kind of cool, instead of above ground. So I think that's how they're going to fix it. A lot of talk about that. Sorry to drone on, but I've been following this for a few years as a local resident, so maybe I have a better um, opinion of what's going on. And So it seems like the, the arena did get approved for Key Arena um and it's gonna be it looks like a sweet arena it looks really nice it's in a big center where there's already like a touristy thing going on um and the plans look great they've been approved by the city all private funding i think which is good um i think there's some tax incentives which is the only thing that was not great but there was no public financing which is good um and after that became news, like, days later, um, the Board of Governors were meeting in Florida for a scheduled meeting for the NHL. And, uh, like, it wasn't on the official topic list, but they basically just addressed it anyways, and they voted to allow the NHL to apply for... An, the, Seattle to apply for a, an expansion application. And they also right. allowed them to do a season ticket drive... Um, to gauge interest in Seattle.
0: And so that's kind of where where we find ourselves today, where with those things potentially proceeding.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of hockey fans in Seattle, very close to Canada. You can go across the, you can go from Seattle to Vancouver in two and a half hours. You can go from Seattle to the border in like less than two. So right. there's a lot of expat Canadians. There's a lot of, it's Seattle's a city of transplants. There's a lot of, People who have moved there and stayed there, um, they're a sports fanatic city. It's amazing. It's so contagious to be a sports fan in Seattle. Um, So that's, yeah, I honestly think they're going to do really, really well as far as uh, fans. The fans need a winter sport that is going on when the NFL is not. I'm not sure if that's winter or spring or whatever, but they need something other than the NFL and they yeah. they were able to support it, so I think it'll be good. Immediately, crosstown rivals with Vancouver, they will a hundred percent be in the Pacific Division. They are on <laughs> like their city touches the Pacific Ocean, so sorry, it touches the, uh, oh my gosh, the bay, Elliott Bay, called. and the Puget yeah. Sound, which apparently is not the Pacific Ocean, and I got roasted for that when I was there. Yeah psych is don't offend
0: don't offend our seattle (laughs) listeners yeah of which there are likely zero
1: no my friends are from seattle they listen i think okay so probably one (laughs) maybe one
0: one to two (laughs) yeah
1: so i think it'll go well um there's a lot of hockey leagues there there's a lot going on um so I, i i'm very excited for it and if it turns out anything like vegas has turned out it'll be great Apparently the expansion, yeah. the rumored expansion price tag, uh, a, a per like uh, Elliot Friedman is six hundred sixty or six hundred fifty million. Oh, okay. And apparently, it's the same price if you relocate. So relocation is not going to be cheaper. Right. They explained that I don't remember what it was, but basically they said that. If the NHL comes to Seattle through just raw expansion like Vegas did, or like if the hurricanes moved or the senators moved or the flames moved or Arizona or whatever, uh it would like whatever they need to do to buy the team plus the difference to make it six fifty. Yeah. A new team in the Pacific Division. It'll be fun.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So we'll see where that goes. But <clears throat> I kinda wanna draw things back in i apologize for all the background noise on my part yeah um, sorry for
1: the long seattle tangent but that's been in my chest for a long time it's, so it's off
0: it's near and dear to your heart yeah Yeah, it
1: is and i think it's i think <laughs> it's good information too so hopefully the fans enjoy it
0: you're you're just twisting that key in me right just getting me <laughs> seattle 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 <laughs> how dare you <laughs> anyway uh so i want to bring you back in and <clears throat> talk about some recent sharks news um as as we know, Logan Couture just got injured um, the last game against the Vancouver Canucks on Friday night. Uh, it looked like he took a blow to the jaw, uh, but suspected that he has a concussion. Um, I believe he left in the the third period after the hit. He was kind of um, Dazed. down on his knees for a while, and then he was taken off the ice uh, by the athletic trainers and didn't return, and he hasn't been available for any interview and stuff. Um, yeah what i'm like, curious is to know is if it um you know caused any complications with the dental work he's had uh over the off season because you know he got hit in the jaw and i think his whole you know mandible yeah. and like the upper part of his jaw was affected by that injury that he had last season so so what's you a know, mandible? on top of a, what's that what's a mandible so oh, sorry the mandible is the um like the jaw bone, the bottom part of your jaw, the upper part would be part of your, well, there's multiple bones there. But anyway, um, I'm curious to know if that, that injury um, somewhat re- re-aggravated or the dental work he had is, is, was aggravated in addition to the concussion. In either case, I don't think it's good for the shark struggling offense, which is already uh, very poor. And I know that you're going to talk about some stats later, but <clears> – <throat> Uh yeah, I, I think, you know, Couture has 15 goals, I believe, this year or somewhere around there, and he's the leading goal scorer. I think um, having him go down as our leading scorer is not very good. I mean, Brent, Brent Burns has decided to pick things up in the last three weeks, scoring like six goals in three weeks.
1: Which is great. It's been good yeah. for you as fantasy as well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my fantasy team. Which, I, I which will be um, honest with you. I have not looked at my fantasy team for the last past three or four weeks. That maybe so, is why
1: I beat you today.
0: Oh, you did? Yeah, I oh, did. Okay. One thirteen well. to one oh seven. Hey. Me? Oh, that was close. Yeah. Uh, I should try and check that more often. I always forget. Makes um, this
1: the prize at the end of the season is going to be so good. What is it? I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's, it's gonna be like a hat
1: we haven't decided
0: yeah yeah so uh i don't know i i actually haven't seen uh, much personally lately uh just to busyness with life and everything and the holidays coming up but i did watch the third period uh against vancouver where Couture did get injured did uh like, it was kind good. of a what's that to not look good it didn't look good like i i was You know, usually, I don't think the Sharks' lack of offensive success has been because they haven't really set up in the zone. And I know we've talked about this on the last podcast in particular, the last two, but they weren't even able to, like, enter the offensive zone from the neutral zone very effectively in that period at least and even set up kind of, you know, their usual offensive game plan and getting shots from the point. It was just they were struggling to do even that. But, you know, Brent Burns still found a way to tie up the game and then we lost in overtime, but... So, you, you know, seeing that wasn't very um, encouraging. I think when I saw a little bit of the f- game against the Flames and the Sharks were able to pull a goal out of their behinds in that last period and win 3-2 to two, um, in regulation, like even that period I, I thought was just like the execution was really off and they weren't getting things going. And the goal that they had was a pretty dirty goal by Donskoy. At the end, just, like, getting the leaky yeah, mm-hmm, puck totally. from uh, Mike Smith's pads. Anyway, so... Um, always good I, to score I,
1: against Mike Smith with his
0: yeah, oh, diving yeah. ways. I remember watching that, and I was like, oh, my goodness. We're playing Mike Smith, who's on Calgary. Up- He's going
1: to throw his helmet off this game somehow. <laughs> He's going to go behind <laughs> the net toss and it flop. Across, oh my just gosh.
0: toss it across the ice and make a, make a huge scene about it, right? His reputation for <laughs> anyway, I'm not
1: will always be with him
0: all of these things together with Couture's injury and what I just mentioned, it's uh, not a great time during the season for this to be happening since I think I was just looking at the, um, the standings and the sharks are really bordering on mediocrity with the ducks and Vancouver and the Oilers like not, for, well the Oilers are more far behind, but we're still third in the division towards the top. But what separates us from, um, yeah, the mediocre, and it's a it's very thin line at this point. So,
1: yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I hope Couture doesn't have a concussion. Uh, they said head injury. I think I was just talking to you, and I said concussion. but um,
0: I did see concussion I think, by some report yeah, earlier today. Kevin
1: Kurz did not say concussion, but Paul Gackle did say concussion.
0: I think that's who it was, yeah.
1: So, knowing his previous jaw injury history that you touched on, I don't and as the shoulder went directly to the jaw, um, who knows? I don't know which one is better, re-aggravating that horrific injury to his face or a concussion. Probably I mean, concussion has I mean, I don't know the extent. I was going to say concussion has long-term effects, but so does so does your jaw. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, probably, you know, concussions and CTE is a very big, deal, big deal. But um, I, I, I think I remember hearing earlier this season that um, Couture still like wasn't at 100 percent, like 100, 100 percent with his jaw, even as the season started. Maybe it's a little bit better now, but it seemed like he just like it. It was good enough to keep on going and not be a big issue, but it was still rough so him taking a hit directly to the jaw just is such a setback and like you said like he's not taking any interviews he literally like wasn't even visible to anyone at all it's not that just like he wasn't talking or they're being hush-hush like they're being like secret service hush-hush to this
0: yeah he wasn't being seen at all
1: yeah so not good um Yeah, so obviously losing our our top scorer is a huge issue. But um, it seems like some other people have kind of picked up the scoring a little bit now. So, like, that's good. Uh, But, you know, obviously no one wants this. And, um, yeah, it's a huge blow. Like, losing last season... I am of the belief that we could have beaten the Oilers, or at least been able to beat the Oilers in a more competitive way, um, if Couture and Thornton hadn't both gone out that game, uh, or it, in that in that series. And I was actually there at the Thornton game where he blew out his knee last season. It was such an innocuous hit. We were in Vancouver for that one, celebrating my don't birthday. go
0: to games anymore, Ian. <laughs>
1: don't go to games in Vancouver, Ian yeah um so yeah it, it's just so rough to see and yeah he's he's at almost he's like a point eight points per game like he's on pace I think for uh around like 70 points or at least 60 plus um which would be like a season record for him but who knows how long he'll be out with this injury uh it seems like hurdle is gonna move forward into the center role to fill that void and Accordingly, shift up. But yeah, just a terrible loss. Kachur is such a good. He's actually been deployed as the top ice time forward, or like his line has been deployed effectively as the first line. They're getting yeah the toughest matchups. Statistically, he's deployed the most against the other team's first lines, and um, yeah. So he is deployed as if he is the first line, even though on the like team sheet he is listed as on the second line. Like Couture is our is our leader on this team In right now. Center. Yeah. Yeah. Uh he's one of the leaders and losing one of those anytime is always bad. So
0: Yeah. It's not good. This is a little bit um veering away from this, but you're talking about Couture being kind of our number one ice time leader and you know obviously he's the center mm-hmm. but something that i've thought lately and this is kind of maybe rocking the boat a little bit with this statement but i've been pretty disappointed in pavelski this year i'm not gonna lie yeah, he, um, good. he he still you're not has rocking like my four, boat yeah he still has like four deflection goals like great he's like still the best in the world at that but beyond that, like I feel like his lack of speed is really...
1: He has six goals.
0: Six goals. But I feel like his lack of speed is really hurting him this season.
1: Yeah, I I think him and Thornton for sure were throwing... But were,
0: even th- Joe Thornton with like... The pass, still, like, Joe Thornton yeah. is not who he w- is, who, who he was. He still has like 21, 21 22, 23 points. 22. He's still like second on the team in points or something like that. Well, Paz um, is
1: tied for fourth with Hurdle with 18... Which is not great, and that's right about the point five points per game. It's not
0: great, but like yeah. this season and last season, uh-huh. even just thinking about two years ago when we went to the Cup final and and the way they picked it up that season, like he he was like getting open and getting shots from the slot, and like that still happens every once in a while, but he just doesn't seem. He's not being very dangerous, you know. He's not-
1: Yeah, it seems like in in my I I 100% agree. Sorry to cut you off, but uh like my my perception of him has been that um he's he's almost more of like a playmaker now. Uh-huh. Squeaky little water bottle. Sorry. <laughs> he, he, he's making a lot like on his zone entries. He does the, like the he gets gains the zone to allow the forwards to push the defenseman back as they crash the net. Like the defensemen have to respect the player crashing the net, so they pull him off Pavelski, which gives him time and space. But then the trailing forward like plays him high, so he's bought time, but he still gets kind of stuck in the area. Like he definitely is shifty with his moves and his stick work yeah. around the area to buy time and set up teammates. And I've definitely noticed that he does that really well. Um, But the goal scoring is just not there. And DeBoer said going into the season that Pavs and Thornton were not 100%. Not going into, like once the season started, Thornton was clearly not 100%. But he's been skating better. He looks a lot better than he did these past 10 games, than he did the first 20 games. And uh, Pavs has kind of looked about the same the whole time. Maybe some good games here or there. And he, he does play well. But his speed is just, yeah, it's just so bad. It's so bad. Like whenever he's, when he's skating, it looks so difficult. Yes. You know, it just looks like he's like so gassed when he starts his shift. That's what I, dude, that's just just exactly what I was going to say.
0: I was going to say he still has his skill set, but it looks like I'm watching a tired player. It looks like I'm watching a tired Pavelski now. I'm so I so agree with what you just said. Yeah, clap. He claps, seems like he's tired. Yeah, it's so Mind, bad. mind Meld. And, mind meld on the and, podcast. Good. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, we're dorks,
1: and that's great. Um <laughs> But yeah, he just he just looks like so tired and it's just not doing him well. You know? Like Pavs was never a good skater. The reason why he's in the like he was drafted seventh round, right? The mm-hmm. only reason why he's in the NHL is because he's a hard worker and he has a high hockey IQ. And yeah. in the recent years, he's worked on adding a tipping to be the best tipper in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in situations, as the NHL got faster, he's been more and more exposed and his skill set has been less and less effective. Yeah. Right? Because a couple years ago, it was like the, like three or more years ago, it was like the LA Kings style hockey big body grindy hockey he's great at that he still is good at that but yeah like he he, his age is showing and i'm sure he is hurt like Deboris said like maybe he's nursing something i hope he gets better but yeah big drop off from him so not what we want to see from our captain and i hope he comes back maybe with burns getting hot again like obviously pavelski is a like a gonna say leech but that's probably a little negative connotation but he definitely if the defensemen are providing <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if defensemen are providing tipable shots for him to get he will score more right so that means shots yeah. getting through so if burns is getting more pucks to the net and his goals like that's gonna help so like hopefully he does better and maybe things will get shuffled around i mean was, i was about to say maybe things will get shuffled around but Thornton and paths are not gonna be pulled apart. They did that for like yeah. half a game. But yeah. A little bit of an issue.
0: Yeah. Uh well moving on I guess. We sound so sad.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> Do you want to talk about Ryan Carpenter? That's a, a relatively recent
0: I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I'll <Okay>. talk <laughs> I'll talk about Ryan Ryan Carpenter. <laughs> No, I'll t- I was kidding. Okay, I was kidding. I was like, so Ryan Carpenter got, got put on waivers um, sometime last week. And uh, I was kind of surprised by this because I was like, well, I know he was probably on a one-way contract, right? Uh, he was in a situation where if he had
1: to go back down, he had to be waived.
0: Yeah. One way or so, two way
1: just, re- just means the amount of money they make. It doesn't necessarily mean like if they're waiver exempt or not, right. which is a misconception that I had. Up until like oh right yeah two I talked about like that. that.
0: But he, I thought for a while because nobody had claimed him for, I don't know whether it was like a day or several hours yeah, after yeah. it got announced he got put on waivers I was like he's gonna clear no like I'm surprised because I think he's a good enough player that some team would pick him up, and of course Vegas who's yeah rolling over everybody yeah, freaking <laughs> somehow
1: first in the Pacific,
0: yeah. They, they, they have, have two, two games, games in, in hand, hand on the, on the yeah and yeah. they have the same amount of points. Yeah. Dude. But it's crazy because uh, I mean, it's not crazy, but Vegas. I mean, it's a pretty bit good pickup for him. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I think we saw some bright spots with him, uh, in the AHL primarily, but I think when he first got called up in the NHL, uh, last season he, he did some production. pretty good stuff. Yeah,
1: he yeah. did really well. We were, I was, I was all about. It. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember you great. were
0: like really into him for when he got called up. Yeah, he was doing um,
1: good. And it just wasn't there
0: this season. Yeah. But he couldn't he couldn't he couldn't really produce very much, you know. I think he yeah. he has some like, you know, playmaking capability and he plays hard. It was just one of those things where I personally would have liked to see him kind of grow and progress in the system a little bit more because I think he can develop into like a better player. Uh, what do you mean? But it was um what do you mean d- like, Go and
1: develop In the system more Like he's he's Like, like 27 it, or 28 Like he's He's had his time To mature You know uh,
0: Yeah I mean But just have more time To play And maybe slightly Increased role On in the club And everything With the big, um,
1: With the Sharks Or the Kuda
0: With the Sharks With the Sharks I think his AHL time Has passed Yeah like he, he was the
1: first line Center on the AHL I believe And two years ago He scored 55 points That's pretty good
0: Yeah he was and maybe I wasn't, up. maybe I wasn't paying attention well enough to the fourth line itself. But I mean, I didn't feel like he was doing anything, too poorly. But he wasn't, um, yeah, winning his spot, like yeah. producing enough.
1: Totally, yeah, you're you're, uh, you're spot on. It's yeah. very interesting to see. I think the Sharks were, it, it, even last year, he was in a contract year, and they they gave him a new one year contract, and it seemed like he wanted to go elsewhere, and the Sharks were like, no, 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 we want to keep you. And then they signed him and they protected him. Maybe they signed him this season before, but they protected him. And uh, he's a UFA at the end of this season. And it's I think someone said that he didn't have a very good camp. Or he didn't have a good off season going into this year. Um, but stuck with the big club to start the season. Uh, and I think that the increased competition on this roster is... Really making every single player play their absolute best, and if they're not, if they're uh, on the younger side, they're gonna be pushed out because there's three other young people who want that chance and are doing better than you. They're gonna get it, you know. Yeah. Joe Thornton has a bad he, game. Joe Thornton has played like I don't, I'm gonna say a thousand games, and I know it's not right. Oh, maybe more. it is. <laughs> yeah, but like he's played a thousand <laughs> NHL games and he, at a very high level, and he knows what he needs to do. It's okay if he has a bad game. It's not okay, but he knows what he needs to do to fix it.
0: <laughs> that is not okay. No. It's not okay.
1: Pursue excellence <laughs> yeah. 100% of the time. Um, so, like, if if Tierney has a bad game, you know, he's going to lose some ice time or drop a roll, and then he's going to get talking to you about what he needs to improve until he can successfully deliver on that over a consistent time, which is something that uh, Carpenter did in his limited, like, 10, 20 games last season at the end of the season, but he just flopped this season. He didn't do it, and he's 27, and I think they just were honest with him, giving him a, like, he's too old for the NHL. Not too old for the AHL, but, like, he had showed that he didn't need to be in the AHL to progress anymore, and he just didn't have a spot on this team, so I think they just did him a solid to – they knew they were going to get – he was going to get picked up by someone. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good player he's a solid fourth line player and that's a commodity in this league especially on his contract and Vegas picked him up they need that they don't have a ton of organizational depth so they just need players right it's just it's rough that we couldn't get something for him you know we lost him for nothing I mean I'm sure it would have been like a sixth round pick or something like that like future considerations but like Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know sorry
0: Yes, I. You know, on the flip side, I was thinking of a player, uh, you know, Barkley Goodrow, who mm-hmm. hasn't played in the NHL very much since back in the Todd McClellan years. Yeah, fourteen, and
1: fifteen. He played like every game, right?
0: Yeah, he played, like yeah, 60 he played a lot that season. Uh-huh. And then he was in the HL. He's been doing good in the HL, but now he's kind of getting a shot um, with the Sharks again, and he's been doing. You know, pretty well, whereas, like, you know, Ryan Carpenter was doing fairly well in his chance with the team last year. Now, Ryan Carpenter has had some games, isn't doing so well, but Barkley Goodrow's back, and Goodrow has been um, somewhat evident despite he's had some injuries in the last few weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that's kind of interesting, and I think it shows a little bit maybe the ebb and flow with some of these young players. I mean, you can add Kevin LeBank into the mix as well, who was having, like, a pretty darn good start to his NHL career last year. And this year so far, Big he's been slope. kind of lost. I would yeah. say.
1: I um, think. I think. I think age has the biggest thing to do with that. Like, uh, Barclay Gaudreau is twenty-four, and I'm just gonna confirm if Ryan Carpenter is twenty-eight or twenty-seven.
0: I think he's twenty-six. I'm looking at, he's twenty-six. I'm looking at his stat page right now.
1: He is twenty-six. He's gonna turn twenty. He's gonna turn twenty-seven in <laughs> almost twenty-seven. January. Yeah. yeah,
0: January eighteenth
1: yeah so i think it's just um i don't know there was a lot of like kind of like advanced compu- conspiracy theories that likely were true of barclay Gaudreau just not getting any playing time last season because of uh, like expansion rules if he didn't get any playing time or very limited playing time he uh would have been fine and not needed to be mm-hmm. protected And also, maybe he just wasn't the right person to call up, but he's 24, Carpenter's 26, 27. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. So who knows? Maybe he just played his way out. He's a center, too. Barkley Goudreau's a winger. Wingers are um, more of a necessity on our team than other teams. The Sharks are extremely deep on the center position, so... Right. Yeah. I I think you're right, though. I I just don't think he... The ebb flow of the roster with this increased competition from DeBoer, uh, he just just couldn't cut it. Yeah, unfortunately.
0: Well, again, another player where we wish all the best too, and mm-hmm. um hope he's pretty successful in his career because I think you know we liked him, we saw some good things in him, and hopefully he can be successful with Vegas or um whatever other club he might end up with.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Speaking of Vegas, you know what I noticed? The other what? Uh Right about the twenty game mark when we played Vegas, they just stopped calling slashing. <laughs> Did you notice that?
0: Yeah. Like that was our large complaint a week or, or one of the last two podcasts, right?
1: Okay, maybe I won't talk about it too much then. I forgot what we talked about last time, but it, it was just like.
0: No, no. Like I'm saying, like we were, we were like upset about the large amount of slashing calls. Oh. Previously. Well, but I, I agree, mean, they have been calling it less. At all? Like, <laughs> like who knows? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen a slashing call in a while. I, I, know. I think there's been moments where I've still been like, oh, are they going to call slashing? Yeah. But they haven't. You was know?
1: Like, obviously, that was a rule change over the summer, and it's, it seemed to have worked in the beginning of the season. Like, if you had to tap a player on that, the glove, it was a slashing, even if it was like a. Yeah. Good job, guy. Like little tap, like friendly. They would have called it. Like
0: <laughs> they would call teammates for yeah, fist Yeah, they would call teammates for it. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad.
1: It was really bad, but it was consistent. You know, it was really consistent, which was. It was like uh, okay, that's not dangerous at all. But I get what you're trying to do. Yeah. More penalties, like less kind of like restrictive penalties, like hooking and slashing, will allow for more open ice, and that means more goal scoring. Great. Yeah. Very good. I'm okay with that as long as it's consistent and literally like game 20 it just stopped it just stopped it was the game before the phoenix game because we played okay. phoenix and vegas and the game before that i don't remember who it, what it was but i watched that game and then also the vegas game two games <clears throat> later and i specifically remember jamie baker just like talking about why aren't they calling this they called like four penalties the last two three games for this across both teams playing Mm. you know that's made up don't go check my facts but like they, they would call so many in a game and there was like five six penalties for each side per game for the first like you know two weeks of the season first two three weeks of the season and then game 20 it just stopped it's like okay what and now it's consistently stopped Mm-hmm. And now just like there isn't those penalties called. Like if you were to look at game 32 from this season versus game 32 from last season, I don't see a difference in the way they call the rules. Players aren't yeah. playing differently that much. So, yeah, it just kind of bothers me that it was so sudden. And we we get that when the playoffs start. We know that that happens and that's like a known quantity okay. They don't want to control playoff games by, you know, calling penalties like that. But just to have it stop like night and day like one and zero on or off is really frustrating as a fan. You know, you kind of get used to your new normal and you're like, okay, defenseman will maybe do things a little bit better, play the body more instead of using the stick which is sometimes lazy if you're behind them. That's how slashing and hooking gets called if the defenseman's behind them and they use their stick instead of you know, skating well, using their feet and taking them with the body. But
0: in my opinion, though, is is it because they're not calling what they were calling before, or is it that um, players are playing differently and being extra careful to avoid stick contact with the hands? You know, I
1: will say, or at maybe the, half and half. The games, <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> during the games at the twenty game mark, when right when it stopped, they just stopped calling it for sure, like a hundred percent
0: since then You've, you saw instances where
1: yeah that's what i was saying the, on the broadcast happened. on the broadcast jamie baker during the vegas game and they not the phoenix game but the one before that i can't remember who he played it might have been vancouver i think it was the Ducks. maybe the Ducks. yeah they just didn't call it multiple times like well, i don't know why that's not slashing and baker was agreeing with me and he's a little bit more of biased of the broadcasters that we had but we love him he's really fun to listen to uh but for sure they 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 stopped calling it then maybe it's a little bit different now but it was a stark contrast game you know 19 and game 20
0: that's me it, cons- that's
1: conspiracy of- ian talking <laughs> Conspir- let's just clarify that I, i'm
0: speaking of conspiracies like what's going on with jamie baker <laughs> like what? i don't i don't <laughs> i don't know Enlighten i just me. know I just know this is happening with all these, like, allegations of the, uh, <laughs> you know, sexual assault stuff and everything. That's what came to mind for me at first. And I was like, oh, that would be. Oh, I, right. I wonder why. I know that went through your head, too, probably. But yeah, there's I like think Jamie Baker. Probably... not
1: available for this broadcast. There's no update. It's like.
0: Yeah, he's, like, taking a leave of absence with approval of the Sharks organization or something like that. So, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was kind of strange. But it's, pro- it's probably more likely, like, uh. Like a personal, I don't know, family thing. Yeah. But okay. It was kind of it was just, out of the blue. On you the know.
1: Air, let's just say, we are not accusing or alleging <laughs> him of sexual mis- assault, <laughs> yeah, or misconduct, not. or any sort of harassment.
0: But we are not. We are not at all. Not um, in the least. We are least. not at all doing that.
1: So now that um, we've got that out of the way, it was suspicious given the times.
0: <laughs> yeah, given given the cult, things that are happening, it wasn't say, suspicious. And the
1: sharks didn't do anything wrong, it just our yeah. minds went there because everyone else in the media, everything has that's
0: been going on, going on right? Yeah. So, I you know, I wondered, but um, yeah, in all likelihood, it's probably like a family personal matter. But like I said, it it happened like out of the blue, so yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully, everything's okay with um, he's with that oh, and situation. he hasn't
1: been back, has he? It's been Colin McLaren,
0: it's been a couple, I think, at least a couple weeks.
1: And Brett Hedekin has been there too, right?
0: Yeah, and you know I like I like listening to Brett Hedekin too. I Brett's feel been like doing he's a really play by knowledge... play. Uh, I haven't paid attention to him. He's been in color. It. Randy's been doing. Randy's always play by play, and then uh, uh, Brett yeah, is yeah, the yeah. color. But he's the broadcast color and parent. on ice guy. Yeah, yeah. But I like Brett. You know, he's really knowledgeable and. Um...
1: Yeah, he's great. Stanley Cup winner. Yeah. The guy, I know a lot of fans around the league really appreciate his analysis. So,
0: Well, you know, Brett Hedekin is on some of the national broadcasts. Mm-hmm. You know? Same
1: with uh, Randy Randy Hahn.
0: Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is like they use, instead of using the Shark's usual duo of Randy and Jamie, that mm-hmm. on some of the national broadcasts on NBC Sports Network, they'll do Randy and Brett, and they'll, yeah. s- they'll switch their normal roles. Yeah, it was really weird when we did the... Brett.
1: Yes, you're right it was really weird when the national broadcast did the King's game and it was mm-hmm. Randy and Jim Fox. And it was oh, like, yeah, yeah it was I like,
0: remember that. That was interesting.
1: This is weird because I, I live but, in I live in Southern California and I'm within yeah. the the Kings like uh, local broadcast restrictions. So yeah. normally I watch Sharks games using the NHL TV app, which plug. It's great. I love it. It works so well, especially the past two seasons. Being an out of town fan in Seattle, I didn't have any broadcast restrictions except for national broadcast games, uh, and it's and it's great. I love it. Um, but you can select there, the home. There is no away. conflict
0: of interest. There, there's there's
1: you can you have the ability to choose home or away on that on that app. <laughs> yeah. So I always choose the shark speed. But um, yeah. when it's a, a, a national broadcast, Ducks game or Kings game, I am forced to watch the Ducks. Home, feed, the Ducks feed the Kings feed, or you know the only feed for the national broadcast. So I don't like hearing Jim Fox because it's always Jim Fox commentating on a Kings versus Sharks game in like in favor of the Kings. It's like, like I don't but agree I do with what that, you're saying about this. Call. I do
0: think that co- that concept of having like one commentator from each team is a kind of an interesting. Yeah. Um, like a duo that could go on, so...
1: Yeah, there was, like, some slight yeah. conflict, I remember, during that game. Like, they were talking about a call, and they're like, oh, I'm not really sure that's a call. And then Jim Fox would be like, no, I, totally, I can see that. <laughs> it's oh. just like, it like, ooh, this is kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> having, are like, they a sitting mic- next to each other? Or are they, <laughs> yeah, like, they, in
0: different places? <laughs> you no, know, they totally are.
1: And they're just like, well, uh, I just want to stop you there. Uh, I'm seeing it differently, and um, it's actually a penalty. <laughs> I remember that. It was kind of funny. Obviously, they were, you know, using their official great voices and stuff. But it was just like, there was a little bit back Um, and forth. I was like, hmm.
0: It's interesting. You know, Randy got his start in, um, I'm not sure in hockey in general, but he used to work for the Kings. And then before, I mean, Randy was so, Randy Hahn was so instrumental in, you know, getting the Sharks, I mean, even the organization started. He had a hand in, like, the early, like, meetings and discussions. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Um, Randy Hahn was
1: instrumental in bringing the sharks to the Bay Area. If you listeners have not read up on that, there's a couple articles about it. I think
0: he's been on a couple podcasts um, where he's talked about it. And there's
1: one of them did an interview with him. It's fantastic. Listen to him. He, it, makes he does a great anymore.
0: like quick summary of how it went down too. Mm-hmm. But I think there was one that I listened to like a, a year or two ago too. I forgot where it was that he also talked about it in. Oh, that was more probably the Kevin Kerr's way. insider. No, it was. I think oh, it was, was another Manda. one than that. It was like a. It was. It wasn't even no. It was Randy. It was just. It was just some. Yeah. Sports talk people. I'm not really exactly sure, but. Um, we listened to a lot. of Anyway, podcasts. Th- it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we got off topic, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, Did you want to talk about anything more for a little bit? or?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I, I kind of hinted at this last time, but Aaron Dell, I do not oh, think right. he will not be a shark. Hot take. He will not be a shark by the end of the season.
0: <laughs> hot take, hot take, hot take. Yeah, and if... Should we bet on this? No. <laughs> I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> hot take number two, if my first hot take is wrong, he'll be... <laughs> He will not be a Shark by the start of next (laughs) season. He'll be a
0: Shark for the next 10 years. (laughs) No, he will not
1: be a Shark at the start of next season. Like,
0: he's doing too well. okay.
1: Like, I think, uh, I won't go too much into this. He's playing too well to be a backup. Sharks have a couple players who they could pull up who likely would be able to be a successful NHL backup given the high starting load Martin Joes likes. Um, Although he hasn't been doing very good the last couple of games. He's led in like four or five goals each game. His like... Combined save percentage for the past, like, four or five games is, like, 900, like, 899, something like that. It's not very good. So, mm, no bueno. Yeah, no bueno at all. Uh, but a couple NHL teams are, like, the, I'm thinking the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, Matt Murray has been injured a couple times, and they need a backup. They've gone through a couple. They started the season with Niemi. Every single time he played, they lost five plus to zero. Hey, they no. lost like five zero, seven zero, like 10-0. It was just like oh my
0: gosh. Oh, did they lose 10-0 once? I mean, it was like
1: 10-1 or 10-2 or something like that, but they they it was 10 something. Maybe that was the uh Blackhawks. But yeah, they lost like five five goals, seven goals, six goals multiple times. And it was every single time their backup played. So then they waved them and then like Florida picked them up and then he didn't or uh, no. The the king, the, he's moved teams a lot yeah i can't what? even i can't even remember not the kings but i was thinking the golden knights i think they picked him up and then they waved him it was just like oh gosh so like a team like that who's like the pittsburgh wants to three peat, you know mm-hmm. and a backup as we know a, a backup goaltender that you can trust when we picked up james reimer is hugely important gives you so much confidence in the playoffs and they've had that for so long with matt murray and uh uh flurry but flurry's not there anymore you know i could totally see dell going to pittsburgh or a team like that that needs some that solid backup goaltending cuz he clearly and he's he's kind of hinted that they are not negotiating his contract until the season's over so it's like okay he's ready to go mm-hmm. you know all the best to him but he's due for a big pay raise currently is the best goalie in the nhl obviously he's not a starter but he's played like ten, eleven games and he still has the best save percentage and goals against average. Uh or at least did at some point early in the season. Let me just check it right now. Um yeah, that, that deserves a pay raise from his like six hundred thousand that he's making right now. So
0: do you think uh he's our most valuable trade asset?
1: Uh no. That's probably no. couture. Well, I mean, know, maybe two that we would actually team. that we would actually trade. Yeah. Outside of some like mega deal. Yes. Yes. Because uh, um,
0: who else would go? Do you think a Do you think a team that does not have good goaltending would consider him a starter?
1: I think he, I think add? he's kind of in that anti-Ranta. Uh, even Martin Jones a little bit when he first started for the Sharks. Uh, and um, Cam Talbot kind of role, like the elite backup goaltender. At some point, they need to cross over and become a starter. So maybe he becomes a starter for a team like Arizona. You know, mm-hmm. Ranta has not really done well at all. You know, Winnipeg brought in uh Steve Mason, which is not really a good choice to kind of stabilize their goaltending when Connor Hellebuck, who they have as their starter was really struggling last season um they brought in mason kind of with the two you know starting capable goalies and that elevated that competition elevated helio bucks game to be the de facto starting there he's doing great uh, mm-hmm. the the oilers took a risk on ken talbot the backup for the rangers when he was there and He's great. He's doing so good. We took a risk on Jones, is a little bit more proven, I think, at that time, and he's doing great. Uh, the Coyotes took a risk on Antivanta, another backup for the Rangers after um, after Talbot left. left, and that has flopped. So yeah. you never know, but I think Dell, I think whenever he plays i just notice some absolutely insane plays that he stops goals and it yeah. floors me
0: i think he's like he's, he's good he's good from between this year and last year like all his performance has been like exceptional
1: yeah yeah totally totally so, so he has the best i'm looking at him he's listed as the player leaderboard for save percentage yeah. Um. And I want to see his goals against average. But that's not important. I'll <laughs> continue to look. But yeah, I I think he could be traded. I think he's the, the, a piece we could trade. And get a a good return back with the most minimal impact. I mean, obviously, it would have an impact because then we'd have to pull up like Troy Grosnick or Bebo, or Parker Gahagan
0: mm-hmm.
1: But I think we're in a good position dang 1.75 goals against average that's so good 9.39 save percentage across all situations 12 games played nine starts six wins three losses one ot win loss
0: ian trivia for you trivia which team is anti-niemy currently on Don't look it up.
1: I'm not looking. Uh, Florida Panthers?
0: Nope.
1: Oh. <laughs> I hope Dallas didn't get him, but I know they didn't get <laughs> Dallas
0: took him back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They really wanted that duo back. Yeah. Well, Bishop uh, hasn't been great for them. Take one more guess, okay. and I'll tell you.
1: Uh, so if I remember, it was he left the Sharks, went to Dallas, left Dallas, went to Pittsburgh. Left yes. got waived by Pittsburgh and then claimed by Vegas. Vegas was like, Holy no. crap, he's bad. Yeah, I think I think Vegas has him. Does Vegas have him now? No,
0: you, you, you mentioned a team he was on. He was on Florida. Yeah. But he's not on Florida anymore. Do you know what team he's on?
1: My guess is Vegas.
0: No, he's on Montreal now. Oh I did I know that he's played
1: Oh, I, I remember that he's
0: played... oh, good good call. Good trivia. Yeah. let's get pretty stats he's only played in one game and i'm not sure it was a full game no he's played in three games actually and he has zero wins and zero lot he must have been just coming in relief one overtime
1: if you look at his loss if you look at his stats play um you can see it let's get it (laughs) Yeah, let's just say he had a big fall from grace,
0: and I think it's a point nine two one percentage on um, in the three games played for Montreal. Oh my! No, gosh, no, no! It's 0. three games. in Pittsburgh.
1: Okay, yes, he started one game, three games played, and in the one game he started, he had the overtime loss. Normal. Stats nine two one save percentage two point six five goals against, yeah. But there's also he's like the third backup, because Al Montoya has been the backup there for a while. Anyways, totally off traffic topic. Yeah. No one really cares about Anthony Niami at this point. Sorry, Anthony Niami. You have you fell from grace from the Blackhawks fan. We stole them and they laughed at us, and then we got a couple of serviceable seasons, and then he was out. He was not missed by the time we by the time he left. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, remember, time remember
1: to go. when we got him? Remember when we signed Antero Nidamaki. Yeah, and then we also I remember was you were to, upset. Yeah, we signed about him. getting the Emmy. We signed him, and
0: uh, this was this is when like you were following the Sharks and I wasn't wasn't really and I remember you were upset about them signing the. Yeah, I
1: just I I don't remember like I didn't like him or not like him as a player is just like rude. <laughs> they're just like, "Intero, you're going to be our starter. We lost um like Nabakov has moved on. Cool. You're going to be our starter." And they're like, "Uh actually we have the ability to get Niemi. He's going to be our starter. Sorry." <laughs> just like F-. and then he like gotten so little playing time that season. It's just like sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. But uh, uh yeah, so I think to to end it Maybe on a high note, unless you have – do you have any other topics that you want to talk about? I
0: think we should just talk about stats for 20 minutes. I would love to.
1: <laughs> Great segue, Migs.
0: Let's please, not, let's please not talk about stats, man.
1: <laughs> so I did a statistical analysis. No, oh, I'm joking. No. I'm joking. Do- <laughs> oh, no. But I will say, Timo, he's my favorite Sharks player right now. Couture is the best and oh. I love watching him play, but I root for Timo the most. Like anytime <laughs> I do
0: not I'm not on the Timo train Dude, the Timo train
1: lie. is full steam ahead in the Stevenson household. Uh, like I just watched a play. player
0: that's not producing, like Yes, but he's so consistent.
1: He is consistently getting good scoring chances, good shots on goal, good defensive play. He's on the penalty kill. He's, like, on the top line, second line, third line. He's on lines that are doing mm. good scoring. Sounds
0: like Mikel Bodker. Don't even. That's so <laughs> rude. He's, like, he's, like. I can have said all those things. I hate you. I hate you. Mikel Bodker. You're so, you're so bad. <laughs> uh, he's not injured. Yeah, well.
1: Okay, anyways. So, I'm a big fan of Timo. And uh, he's getting all these chances, but he's not scoring. And the other day I was like, I'm going to look at all the shots. I had a couple hours free. I was like, I'm going to look at all the shots he's taken and figure out, like, what's going wrong. And then I was like, this is hard. Because I was was trying to use, uh, maybe a a listener can inform me, but I was trying to use, like, Corsica.hockey and some other advanced stats websites to kind of see what was there. And they're just, like, very not usable at all i had a rough time
0: <laughs> it's very hard to understand
1: no it's like it's like you it was hard to for me to get the information i needed it was like here's some information hope you that was what you wanted it was like it wasn't though like can i just yeah yeah anyways so then i started to pull it myself and i was like Mm-mm. maybe one day i'll, I'll yeah. prove why timo is so good but that's not what i wanted to talk about but timo can do no okay. wrong He's a Swiss player, and I, and I, I have Swiss heritage, can't, can't. so I I enjoy it.
0: Um, I'm still of the opinion that we need more from our young players. For sure, he needs to score, and from everybody, he he needs to be scoring a lot. I think. Yeah, I will
1: say this, and I believe I've said it before: LeBanc, literally to reduce everyone's role on the team. Like LeBanc is only good for scoring, you know. Like, he does that really well, and his shot does that, and he's got a little bit of playmaking ability on the power play. He makes some good Mm -hmm. passes. Timo should be scoring like Kevin LeBanc, but when Timo isn't scoring, he still provides good play all around that Kevin LeBanc does not. Yeah. Which means that he can succeed on, like, a third line or second line role, whereas LeBanc may have to be, you know, Timo first, second, third line would be great, maybe even fourth line. Hopefully not, but LeBanc is like first or second only <clears throat> when he's successful. So yeah, I will. Let's end with this discussion. I think when we started the season, we were afraid at how bad the Sharks were, and like the Sharks couldn't score, and it was just like, this is new. Not necessarily new, but it was very frustrating. The Sharks are not actually as terrible as we think they are. How do you feel about that state? I
0: don't think they're terrible.
1: I feel like I felt they were terrible.
0: I think they have really bad offense. They have really bad they have...
1: they have really bad goal scoring. And then that translated goal scoring. to offense. Yes. Which then scoring. made us That's think I mean. that they were not able to win or be able to succeed in the season. And a lot of people are saying like, oh, they just need to like do really bad so they can get a high draft pick.
0: But we're just Who's saying that
1: people <laughs> Twitter. I should stop. I should stop that, but I'm not. But yeah, um, it just wasn't. And maybe this is my own revelation, but yeah, the Sharks are just really bad at scoring goals. But like, defensively, they're top five, top two, or even top three in most categories in the league.
0: Right. I agree. Okay. Cool. The facts will back it up. The facts. At some
1: point last week, I measured all of these, and it was true. Things have changed since then because, you know, the season's still going on. But, uh, like, pretty much every other category, Sharks were, like, middle of the pack. Or, like, top half or top third. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay. Like, so they're top five in the league in most defensive and, like, coursey based stats. Top five. Yeah. Most of them were, like, top three or even top two. Great. Yeah. They're bottom five in the league in stats, like, are directly derived from goal scoring like goals against average or uh like goals scored per 60 or goals per game or stuff like that um and they're like middle of a road for pretty much every other stat category and that's like middle third top half or even at the low end of top third um for pretty much like every other statistical category including special teams and they had like a top rate penalty kill and they was second in the league for a long time. I think it's dropped from that a little bit, but still top ten. Still very good. Um but their power play has gone from like the worst to like twelfth. And or like completely like middle of the pack, like doing well. Mm-hmm. And it's picked up. Yeah, it's been it's been great since they shook it up. Um in our positioning in the league, like we're when I checked at this they were 11th in the league like 11th league wide that's top third that's yeah okay so yeah it is top third because it was 31 They're top third in the west and they were in a playoff spot in the Pacific they were third they were second yeah they were third and they still are like they're top 11 top 10 in the league maybe it's changed I' I'll, I'll look now and maybe have to rescind by point. But um yeah, I think I think the like sheer inability to score was just so rough to see. And I think the Sharks goal scoring issues, it seemed like we needed like a Kucherov on this team to really get us where we needed to be. But after looking at this, I'm of the mind that we just need another solid, like 25 if we can get more like a thirty goal score, I think that will do it. I think we'll be
0: Oh yeah, just that. Just, we that. just need that. Just that. That's the only thing. That's the only thing. Uh, not too much to ask for it. Just a 25-30 goal yeah, score. Just
1: give me a forty goal
0: score. Like it's
1: not that hard. Okay? <laughs> no, but I will say like a twenty five or like a thirty goal score, like we're talking like a fifty point player. Obviously it doesn't come around. But we, we have, have a
0: Miguel Bodker <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> He's injured. (laughs) Stop playing. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) Yeah, clearly
1: that's what we wanted him to be. Clearly that is not what he is on this team. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I think if we had that, and that just brings our goal scoring, which is currently bottom five, that brings it to like middle third, or like low at low, like top, like bottom half, or something like that. Instead of the bottom, it gets us into the middle. I think if we were middle, the goal scoring or even like middle low end we would be winning more games you know when we lose games where we're losing by like one goal normally it feels like we're we're not we've
0: been losing a couple overtime games lately too yeah
1: too seriously just one more goal you know like one more offensively creative player i think it will do us a wonder like i think our system we play our system so well Part of that has been due to really good goaltending, which I think lately has could be a little bit better from Jones, as we talked about with his um, save percentage and such. But if we just had that like a second a solid second line player, another one, I think we'd be really dangerous. I think we could go I think we would be able to get into the playoffs and play really well. Um and we've got like seven point five million dollars to play with in the cap. Like you can get that with seven point five million dollars. Mm-hmm. what do you think
0: so you know what you just did what I, I was like please don't talk about stats and you proceeded to talk about stats for five minutes
1: but they were important stats
0: <laughs> I think I think they're third yeah no they were third they're, they're okay, third I'm sorry make. I'm not perfect <laughs> no, no no I'm teasing you. But you. uh I agree like yeah I meant their goal scoring has been an issue. I I yeah. do like the way they carry their offense and carry possession, but as we discussed on the last podcast or the one before that, we we talked about what they do in their in the offense offensive zone and how that um can be ineffectual. I will say I feel like they're kind of changing it up a little bit lately but at the same time lately like I said against Calgary and Vancouver in particular they weren't really setting up their offensive zone time very well it was more rough so it wasn't their traditional cycle shoot from the point game cuz they weren't even able to get even able to even get that set up or get to that point so it's a mixed bag for me right now i think mm-hmm. I, you know it's still only 30 games in we'll see in the next 10 15 games, how these things play out, especially now with Couture injured, that'll kind of add an element of hopefully more guys trying to step up. Um, I don't know how long he's going to be out for, so I'm curious to see how this plays out.
1: Totally, Uh, yeah, I think we're in a good spot up until Couture getting an injury. You know what, you know what, my like ultimate worst fear is right now. The what? free fall we had at the end of last season
0: Oh Yeah have
1: I should have but... prefaced that with like a trigger warning I just got angry on the inside And like a deep part of me just got mad
0: Just we About the free fall
1: Freaking we were so good
0: We were that doing so, so bad, good
1: yeah. And then it was just utter
0: We were gonna terrible. win the division If we had just kept up with that It was like e- Pretty easily Yes we would have won Kevin the division. Kevin
1: like wrote an article. He's like, it's all but sealed now. The Sharks just need to get like six points in the last like 13 games, which is miserably <laughs> easy to do. And, we and then couldn't we couldn't even do, do that. And it was like, no.
0: That was really Some frustrating. Underage. That was very, very frustrating. But they were tired last season, and they got kicked in the butt with injuries at the end of the year.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: <laughs> that still doesn't excuse everything that happened, but... 'Cause come on, you gotta like you gotta win like a couple games <laughs> You gotta still win a couple games. Yeah, totally. But then um, let's not talk let's not talk about that, okay?
1: Yeah, I don't wanna get us mad again. You know what else will get you mad? We Remember in high T. school Meyer? when we won a <laughs> volleyball championship but the ref called it wrong and take it from <laughs> <us>. <laughs>
0: My memory is fuzzy. I don't. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. don't even. You know exactly. <laughs> no, what I'm talking I know. About. I know. Let's not talk about that. Though. Yeah, I'm it.
1: guys, listeners, women listeners. This is a. Ian and
0: I just got really personal on this podcast. So.
1: Sorry, maybe it was too personal, but that's a very sore subject with us. Yeah, so you ever meet us in person, ask us about it, and then we'll get enraged in front of you at each other. You maybe,
0: <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, but uh, I have. I have a closing comment. Yes. Uh, Unless you have one, if you want to go first, um, I'm looking at some salaries. My closing
0: comment is that I hope I start to like Timo Meyer more because of what I see him do. And I hope it's good things like that kind of kind of justify your like for him, your
1: affiliation of him. Affinity. Affinity. Yeah. You hope you start to see what I see.
0: I don't want to see what you see. I want him to do things that would I merit...
1: <laughs> time. It's in the I, I want to see
0: more things that would merit me feeling the way that you feel about him. Yeah. Sorry for singing. Does that make sense?
1: Totally, totally. I think it's there. I think you just need to look for it. Maybe if you watch a game together, okay. I'll point it out too. So okay. my closing comment is this. Let's sort by salary here. I'm on, I'm on capfriendly.com looking at yes. salaries. If we go for six... Let's just say there's numerous 30 goal scores, 50, 60 point players that can be had for 7.5, 6.5 million dollars. And if we make a trade, that means we could send some salary the other way and receive more salary coming back. Like We're in a really good spot. Um, I think given how our season is going kind of for the stats that I talked about just back then for too long sorry makes sorry to talk about stats <laughs> but uh I think we in the start of the season we even said this that we we thought Wilson was going to make a move by like November when we thought things were like really dire turns out November came and went we're halfway through December and it doesn't we're more than a third through the season right I think we are. Yeah. Yeah, we're more than a third way through the season and it seems like we're gonna be okay. We're not gonna be great, but I think it gives it reduces the quote unquote heat under Doug Wilson to really try to force him to make a move. So I think he might have more time. So if we make a move the trade deadline, I can see that happening. But also I'm starting to feel like we may not make a move the trade deadline. Like in in terms of like kind of that the move in trying to get like a a big goal score coming our way, or point getter at least, um, I feel like it could happen this off season. You know, there's a lot more time to figure things out, less contracts in play. So, who knows?
0: Maybe. Maybe. Interesting.
1: Let's hope for John Tavares.
0: Interesting reverse hot take.
1: I think that's
0: a hot take. Is it? I'm now of the
1: mind. (laughs) Hot take. Hot take. Negative style.
0: Hot take. The Sharks do nothing this year.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's my hot take. The Sharks are going to be middle of the road and do absolutely nothing of interest to the rest of the league. The Sharks
0: will make no transactions with other teams in the next five years.
1: (laughs) Hot take. The Sharks may win or lose the next game. You hear it here first, folks. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah okay oh, all right or they'll probably lose in overtime after burns ties the game mm, no
1: <laughs> i just get so sorry. angry i just get so angry sorry watching. that's like
0: very like recent immediate <laughs> immediate recent like bitterness
1: i just get so angry watching overtime losses yes because it's, it's always very frustrating on, it's always on a like a a it just hurts because they score the games over and then immediately you're like filled with frustration. Unlike when you lose a regulation and you like you've been losing, like you prepare your heart for the loss when it happens. Right? <laughs> you but like overtime yeah. over time it's just like loss, game over and it's just like <laughs> <laughs>
0: and this isn't the way it was supposed to yes end. oh my gosh yes. no it's true because the regulation loss like like so It's just like dang you're like uh, hopefully you can maybe tie it and then you're like oh we get the point but like uh, or you just like know the loss is coming so your you're, your heart has been preparing for it for a few minutes but you're right it just like gets you it's just like a punch in the gut when you lose in overtime like
1: oh man or you can be like my dog oh, yeah. who's repeatedly scratching her face and it looks like she's slapping herself over and over in some sort of like self penance for the team losing. Just like, Oh, <laughs> I want the team it's like just like, ah, oh, no, no <laughs> But yeah, I just it and it just always seems like you lose in overtime off of like a trip or like a, a missed pass. Or something mm-hmm. stupid you know like a mistake that uh, you made yeah. not like Connor mcdavid goes to the defense like Deeks around everyone and dangles and then goes top shelf to score it's like dang yeah. he's really good it's just like we tripped <laughs> and they scored yeah. i'm enraged
0: well mistakes are very evident in three on three so yeah definitely anyway we should wrap this we up should. uh it's been a fun podcast this week. I'm quite tired since it's twelve AM. Twelve mm-hmm. one AM. i just churned actually. Yes, look at um, again, my name is Miggs. I've been one of your hosts. Where
1: can they follow you on the social Oh you can stuff?
0: follow me um, on Twitter at my handle is DMigs twenty two. Um I think that's it. Yeah, you can and, you uh, can
1: follow me at, at Ian said so and you can follow us at at underscore back to the point
0: Yes, back to the point. All right. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next time, hopefully in about a couple weeks. Yeah, see you next uh, time. Go Sharks.
1: Go Sharks, and have a happy holidays.
0: Yes.